Welcome to Lessons from a Lioness. On this show, you will learn from me and other guest experts about marketing, branding, sales, and all things entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Juliana Frisoli. I'm a sassy, multi-talented, multi-passionate business badass who will help you attract your dream clients and get paid for being your wildly wonderful self. Let's dive into today's episode. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons from a Lioness. I am here with one of my amazing and very badass clients, Paula, and she is here to talk to you all about how to properly set up your business to operate like an actual business. And she is so much better at this than I am. So I'm very excited to bring her on to talk to you all about all things system and structure and organization and all the legal side of business and the financial and like all the things that you need to actually be a business. So Paula, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I have only been in my business for a little less than seven months, but prior to that, I was a corporate manager. I know it sounds really exciting, um, but I did get to learn a lot of really amazing things there. And one of them was that who I didn't want to work with. And so in my business, I get to work with people who are feeling really, really burnout, really overwhelmed, jumped in with two feet weren't really sure where they were going and help them learn how to be the confident CEO that they dreamed of being. That's awesome. So what does that exactly mean to you? Like being the confident CEO, what does that mean from your perspective? Because I feel like different people could have different perceptions of what it actually means to be a CEO. So I'd love to hear that from you. So I describe it as The moment that you walk up to a roller coaster at an amusement park and you can see the ride, you know where it starts and you can see where it ends and you see all the twists and turns, but you have no idea what it's going to feel like to be on it. You don't know if you're going to fall to your death. You don't know if you're going to puke. You just know that it looks really fucking scary. Okay. So you get on the ride. And you just let go, but you have a plan and you've got a vision. And at the end, you get that hell yes moment. Let's do it again. And so to me, that analogy is exactly what being a competent CEO is about. It's about knowing where you're starting, seeing the vision of where you're going, knowing that you're not going to really know and can't control how you feel during the ride, but being able to plan out step by step what it's going to look like. So when you know where you're going, you can make decisions more confidently. But if you're only planning things every week or at once a day, or you're just trying to hit an income goal and you're not looking at the non-financial wins, it's really, really hard to show up as a whole person and feel good about what you're doing and really have that sense of confidence and be able to celebrate it. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you like compared it to a roller coaster. That's so cool. I've never heard that analogy used before. So what are some of your top tips to help people set up their business properly and kind of embody that 
confidence, CEO mindset and energy? Okay. So when you are first starting out, especially if you have been in a nine to five for a really long time or in corporate, in some place where you were not the one making all of the decisions and they were being made for you, it's really, really important for you to decide what the rules are going to be. Okay. Because if you're going to be a business owner and you're doing it because you want to be your own boss and because you want to make the rules, you have to know what the rules are. And the only person in your business that's going to make them is you. So knowing first and foremost, why you're in your business, and this goes beyond whether or not um, you wanted to be your own boss or you wanted to make X amount of money or um, you just always kind of had this dream, but there's something much deeper underneath of that. So what impact are you trying to create? What ripple effect are you trying to create uh, that will allow you to feel successful beyond the monetary? So really understanding your why. I, I don't always like to hear the, you know, what's your why, but I, I think it's important to really dig in underneath of the financial freedom or time freedom because there's really something bigger there. If you have a mission, your message can echo that mission and you can live that out. The second thing is you really have to make sure that you're legally structured. Now, I'm not an attorney and I cannot give legal advice, but the one thing that I do know is that if you do not legally structure your business, you can put yourself and your personal assets at risk. So it's incredibly important for you to explore that. Um, you can do that with a professional, of course. I mean, there's lots of Google resources for you to look at. But you could always, and I highly recommend talking to a professional about it. Get yourself structured. Make sure that you have articles of organization for your business. And then once you do that, get yourself a business bank account. You can't just have a Stripe account or a PayPal account where you are taking invoices in and not knowing where your money is flowing. The moment you start to commingle your business finances and your personal finances, that next tax season, I guarantee you, your CPA is not going to like you very much. So it's important for you to separate those from the very beginning. Um, I, you would not believe how many people that I work with that cannot tell me how much money they have made or how much money they have spent and told me that they would figure it out during tax season. Oh my goodness. It just brings me anxiety to think about that. And then the last thing that I recommend, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's like, oh my God. I hear that a lot too. Maybe yes. Maybe. Yeah. But I think the last thing is I have, I've met two kind of groups of people. One group that really feels like you have to have this solid business plan. You got to go in there with this totally solid business plan. And the other ones that are much more whimsical that don't really feel like you have to have one at all. Like I'm going to let my business go where I want it to go and grow um, kind of organically. And they don't have that vision. But I think you need to meet somewhere in the middle because when you're new, you don't really understand business planning and it can be really daunting. So just having a, a, an idea of where you're going, some people don't want to have million-dollar businesses. That's okay. If your ultimate goal is you just want to make, you know, you want to make $5,000 a month, and that's all you want to do. You don't want to have big fame. You don't want to have massive success, or that is your definition of massive, massive success. Then you just need to put that out on paper up front. And then you need to map out a generic plan 
to get there, right? And then create those baby steps, those micro steps underneath of each one of those tasks. Because if you can set out at least milestones and know where you're going over the course of the next year, you can always adjust. So there's the, you know, that firm business owner, the one that that wants to have every detail planned out from the very beginning and then the whimsical and we just kind of mash them together somewhere in the middle. So it's very important to at least have some semblance of a plan, even if you're writing it on the back of a napkin. Yeah, I feel like I totally fall into the more whimsical category and I feel like you know that about yeah. me. I am that person who I'm like really well organized in the regard that like I have a bunch of Excel spreadsheets with like my income and my expenses because I like tracking that stuff and I want to know like how much money I'm making in my business. So it's pretty easy for me to figure out like exactly how much money I'm making because I track that stuff to the cent within like a Google sheet. Um, and I have like my sales and my cash and my expenses and my projected income based on payment plans and recurring revenue that's coming in. But I'm also like, I didn't start with a business plan. Like I am still a sole proprietor because I'm waiting to get set up as an S corp whenever we move. So I do think it is kind of like individual to the person and what's best for them. But it's still really important to have that understanding of the foundation and just like know what your options are. Like know what your options are and know what's best for you because some states will allow you to operate as a sole proprietor um, without having separate bank accounts, which like thank God Texas is one of them because (laughs) up to this point, like all of my shit is just together and it's like PayPal and Stripe and whatever. It was probably such a mess and 2019 too and then 2020 was like "Mm, I'm gonna kind of figure this out more and then 2021 I am like I am gonna get set up as an s-corp as soon as we move and just outsource that shit so that I don't have to deal with it but there are so many different options and I feel like it's really hard to kind of take in all of the competing information that's out there about like what is best for your business or what is best for you and it's just important to know that there are a lot of different options and what those options are. And I think at the bare minimum, like tracking your income and your projected income is something that every entrepreneur should do. Absolutely. I've been doing that from the very beginning. And you can do it just in a basic spreadsheet. You don't have to have super Excel skills to do it, you know, pop out a Google sheet and just start dropping in your income, especially if you're in the service-based industry and you're getting Uh, you have people on a payment plan, it's really awesome to be able to see the foundation that you've laid for the next, you know, three to six months where you already have that income base. And it doesn't feel as daunting the next month when you're looking for new clients or you have that launch. It almost makes it feel more attainable because you have it written on paper and you're not guessing and thumbing through receipts or hoping that you have the right number. Yeah, totally. And I think like receipt tracking is one of those things that is kind of hard, but I just take photos of mine and I've now started sticking them in like a dedicated folder on my phone. That is very smart and organized. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like, I try to make these things as simple as I possibly can because it's not my zone of genius. I'm very good at making money and I would say I'm like pretty good at managing it and staying organized with it. But anything having to do with like the accounting side of things or understanding 
the tax laws or like the legal shit like that's so not my zone of genius so I really just try to keep this stuff as simple as possible for myself but I do think for people who are just starting out or who are like me and like grew a lot quicker than expected and were like oh crap like I have to figure this out now it can be super overwhelming I think even for people that are planning I, I it becomes super overwhelming but when you have that basis it it does help things. And I, I think you're doing a better job than you give yourself credit for, Juliana, because you do have your own system. I probably am. <laughs> and I, I don't want people to think that that you have to use someone else's system, right? Because there's no right way. Okay, there are legal ways, right? There's some things that you have to do it in accordance with this law. But if we're talking about saving receipts, you know, maybe you have a QuickBooks app and you're scanning them and putting them into the app so that you don't have to worry about it later or so that your bookkeeper can see it or doing it the way that you are where you are snapshotting the photos because you know that if they sit around they're going to get tossed in the trash or you're not going to be able to find them so now you've taken pictures and you have them easily accessible so you have to just find the system that works for you but you have to have a system but like i said if you're going to make the rules you have to know what they are Yeah, totally. And I do think it's really important to have a basic understanding of how to track your income, um, just the tax laws, like what is an expense, what is not, what can you actually expense, like how to categorize it, at least doing some semblance of that, even if you're going to hand it off to like a CPA or an EA or a bookkeeper to keep it organized for you. I think having your own basic understanding of it is very important. And the first thing that I ever spent money on was a bookkeeper because I didn't want to do it, right? The idea of it made me cringe. (laughs) I didn't, if there is nothing to me sexy and exciting about bookkeeping, but other people find that amazing and they enjoy it. And so that's who I want to give that to. And, and I, I want people to understand from the very beginning, you don't have to do this all yourself. Right. Because sometimes when we don't make the investments in the beginning of our business, even, you know, when we've set up the system and we think we don't have it, you actually cripple yourself by not getting that support. So, for instance, let's say that you didn't hire a bookkeeper and you thought you were going to do it yourself. And here you are, you're four months into your business and you have a bunch of receipts, but you've never reconciled anything. Nothing is in bookkeeping software. And you finally have to have somebody doing it for you. Well, now you're going to have to pay a whole lot more money and collect all of the information so that they can fix what you never did in the first place or fix the mess that you made in the first place. It's going to wind up costing you so much more. So I always recommend to people when they think that they can't afford things like that to look at the thing that they don't want to do. And for most people, it's bookkeeping. And just make the investment from the very beginning. It is so worth your time. Yeah, and it's really just a matter of needing to look at the bigger picture. Because if you're not keeping your stuff organized throughout the year and you think that you're going to get it done like last minute when it's tax season, like you are going to be so stressed out trying to figure it all out, trying to figure out where the hell the receipts are, if you even have the receipts, what you actually like invested in as a business expense during the year. And like I know people who take payment in so many different ways. And 
I'm like, oh my God, how do you possibly keep your stuff organized? I, so I take I would definitely recommend like <laughs> PayPal or Stripe yeah. or having like no more than two ways that you accept business income. You know, I think it's easier for because I, I don't even want to think about it as as for ourselves as the business owners. But what is a streamlined way that you can do things so that your clients know what to expect? Because if you are the, the perception is. Um, you know, if one time, Juliana, you sent me an invoice or you sent me something and it was from PayPal and the next time you sent me something from Stripe and then the next time you sent me something from somewhere else, it doesn't look like you have your shit together, right? And I'm going to start to question yeah, whether totally. or not. This is how I feel about people who take payment <laughs> on Venmo. Like right. if you're taking payment on Venmo, please like, stop. stop. Just stop it. And I understand why, because people are trying to avoid the fees and those types of things. But I mean, this is just the cost of doing business. You know, this is what you signed up for and be okay with it. But be, please be organized. Find one way to do it. You don't need to take payment from two different places. It, you don't have to let your client dictate where you're going to take payment from. So decide from the very beginning, you know, what are you going to use? What are you going to use for your website? What are you going to use for your payment collection? Um, you know, what is your contract going to look like? You know, where are you going to get that template from? Start to really hone in on those areas before you start chasing money. Because otherwise, you're going to spend so much of your time trying to organize and get things out the door when you finally do sign a client. And it's going to be so stressful for you rather than just clicking a button and it goes out the door. Yeah, that's true. I do think it's really important to figure out what your systems and processes look like. And it doesn't have to be anything complicated. Like when I first started my business, I was hosting my courses on a password protected site on Squarespace and I was using PayPal for pretty much everything. And I would like create buttons on PayPal and then like integrate that button onto my Squarespace website to like take them to the PayPal checkout thing. And then I would like manually send them all the details for the course. And like that was okay for me when I first started because I could reasonably stay on top of that. But now that I've scaled my business so much farther beyond that, like I love having something like the platform that I use, which is New Zendler. I love having something that like allows me to just automate that process and make it so much easier. Automations make me giddy. <laughs> So, so when I was in the corporate yeah. world, I worked around technology and I am not trained in technology, but I was all about project management. Okay. So it's all about streamlining everything you can. Like, how do I make this the easiest possible way to do it? Right. And the most profitable. Um, and I do also like New Zendler as well. I've, you know, been peeking at that since you've chatted with me about it a little bit. I'm right now I'm using Kajabi. But I love all the ways that you can automate. And and I've also brought that to my contract process. Because like you said, my original contract process was a lot more tedious than I make it now. I mean, right now, I literally just put a client name in. I push a button and it goes through a workflow. I don't have to worry about anything. It just does a step-by-step -step process. Um, it's just a matter of inputting their information. But before I was 
going into a document and completely hand typing and revising all the information and had to make sure that I was doing it in the right place. And then I would make it a PDF. And then I was making sure that it, it went through Adobe Creative so that it would have the e-sign information on it because they didn't know any better, but that was my system. And that's what worked for me in the beginning. But as I gained more and, and more clients, I couldn't handle that anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't do that manual process anymore. And so know that wherever you're starting, as long as you have a process that's working for you and you're willing to evolve, that's okay. You don't have to have the next best thing and all the integrated stuff right from the beginning. It's awesome if you can, but as long as you have a system, you have an SOP and you could share that information with someone else later, later on, um, you are really setting yourself up for success. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of my biggest like peeves in the industry that I see happening all the time is like the coaches and mentors who will tell their clients who are brand new that they like need to buy Kajabi and like need to buy Dubsado and like need to buy ClickFunnels and all of these things that are honestly quite expensive when you are a new business owner and they're really just unnecessary. Like there are workarounds to them and it's just finding like those systems that work for you. Like if you're, you know, if you're listening to this and you're someone who wants to invest in all of the big fancy systems, like go for it, but also know that you don't have to. Like it's not a necessity. There are options. There are workarounds that are perfectly fine and maybe you just need to get resourceful. But I know I'm such a resourceful person that like I've had so many people come to me and they're like, okay, how can I cancel Kajabi because I'm barely using it? Or like, how can I do this without spending like $1,000 on it, right? And it's, you know, there are tools out there like I use for my contracts. I use HelloSign, which is free up to three clients per month. And I only do contracts for my private clients. And I usually don't take on more than three private clients per month. Um So, I mean, I use that and like, yeah, I do have to manually go in and like change their name and the date and like the payment amount and whatever other custom information is specific to them within the Word doc and then send that out. But like for me, that's not hard. I don't mind doing that. So it is just kind of one of those things where you have to figure out where do you want to spend your time and what's important to you. Like I love having all of my courses and checkout carts and sales pages integrated with each other in New Zendler because that makes it easy for me. But that also like is only $447 a year, which is not bad compared to like ClickFunnels and Kajabi and all of the other things that are out there. Totally. And I, I think that's a great point though, because I am using Kajabi, like you said. And the reason I did that was to make it easier on myself because I had so many things that I was paying for that it made sense at the time. But then I was introduced to this other platform, right? You've talked to me about New Zendler a little bit. I've you know, been investigating that and comparing the two because as a business owner, as a competent CEO, I want to make a decision that's not just undercutting my business, like cutting out things from the budget because I don't have the money, but because it makes financial sense because it's doing all of the same things but costs substantially less. 
So, you know, being able to evaluate and really analyze things, it's like, you know, people get car insurance and then they keep the same car insurance forever and then they never shop around because it's just easier to keep it. So I do encourage you to be resourceful. And I do think it's important to always look at your options. And it may mean migrating from one place to the other, which doesn't sound exciting and might cost you a little bit in support from a VA. But what's the long-term return on that? Or what's the this, this cost savings over the course of a year, right? 447 versus $199 a month or something like 447 for the year versus $199 a month. I mean, when I look at that, if you look at, you know, are the features, are we comparing apples to apples here? How does it work? And those types of things. And I, and I think, yes, if it's working for you for using HelloSign, you have to evaluate how you're doing business. My business doesn't look like yours. I know I love my private clients, right? And I know that, yes, you love your private clients too, but there's other bits and pieces of your work that you enjoy even more. And we stay in our zone of geniuses and we decide what works for us and we we choose our systems based on that. So I never recommend that any of my clients immediately go out and get a website. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you uh, did this too, Juliana, but we both had sales pages that were PDFs, right? In our last launches. Um, and I still... Yeah, I had a Google Doc while my website was being like redesigned. Exactly. I was like, meh. But, but you sold it. Yeah. You didn't need the sales page, right? You didn't need it. Sales pages are great. I mean, yeah, that's true. But you didn't have to have it. And and so I thought that I needed a website when I first started out. And honestly, I, I really think that it wound up being a space for me to procrastinate doing the rest of the stuff because I was trying to make my website look so good, but I didn't have an audience. So who the hell was going to my website in the first place? Um, so consider that. Yeah, things. and I think that's a good point. Like... <laughs> I am a big fan of websites because it like I think it helps to boost your credibility and authority, but it's like not a hundred percent necessary. Exactly. And if you but my first website that I had was a free website and it literally was through Weebly or something. Weebly.com, um, who is not obviously paying for me to say that, but uh it was free. That's why I had it. And it didn't did it look totally legit? Yeah. No, because it was my web my domain name. So it went to my domain and then it forwarded to this weebly.com site, right? Um, but it was free. It didn't cost anything. <laughs> so if you're if you're That's true. I do think it's like yeah, I almost think it's better to like not have a website than to have one that like I know doesn't look great. Yeah. Exactly. well, exactly. But this is that's what I'm saying. Like, just try, like, try, see what works for you. I know the visibility and branding is so important. And I probably would never do that again, which is why I don't recommend people go get that free website because it does look like you're not super professional. Um, just from an outsider's point of view, right? Like, how are you going to sell a $5,000 package if you have a legally free site? Uh, probably not. I mean, maybe you will. But knowing that there are other options for you to get visible in the beginning and not have to spend the money to get a website or, you know, decide what your budget's going to look like. I mean, hell, that's part of being a, a CEO, right? What am I, what am I starting with? Am I starting with nothing? Am I starting with a little bit of a cushion? What am I willing to make investments in in my business? And not only what am I willing to make the investment in, why am I doing this? Am I doing it because everybody else is? Am I doing it because it looks cool? Or am I doing this because the end game is this is going to create more visibility for me and I'm going to drive people to my website so that they can get my freebie so that they can 
get on my email list so that I can communicate with them through email and suggest that they come to my Facebook group. Like there's this whole cycle, right, to get people to to see you more. So if that's your intent, great. But if you just want to have a website because you want to check the box because somebody said you need to have a website, that's you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I definitely think being intentional with the platforms and systems that you use is something that's really important. Like, I know for me, I'm like, I'm kind of blessed because I'm really good with tech. Like, I'm not the best with tech, but I'm pretty good with tech. So that's never been an issue for me, like figuring the things out and figuring out like the automations and the triggers for like email lists and tagging and segmenting and setting up checkout carts and all that. Like, that's been easy for me, but I know for people that can be a big major headache. So I do think like hiring the help to set that up for you is one thing that you could look into, but also like picking your platforms, right? Like maybe for you, if you're someone who doesn't want to figure out a whole bunch of like tech and integrations, get something that is an all-in-one platform that will let you have everything that you need together. Like there's different options out there. I love New Zendler, um, especially for the price because it's still in beta. So it's I don't know when awesome. they're coming out of beta, but yeah, like it's still in beta and it's 447 a year. Like we said, I swear this is not a New Zendler ad, even though it kind of feels like it. Um, I do like it though. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. So if you guys want to know about New Zendler, you can go create a free account. You don't even have to enter your card details or anything. You can just check it out for free. So I will link that in the show notes. But you know, there's also like Podia and there's Kajabi and um, there's Kartra and all of these have different price points and different things that they do and different features because like the one thing that I think that New Zendler is lacking is a robust email marketing system. It's pretty decent, but I mean, I've been using Active Campaign, so I am like jaded because Active Campaign is better than anything else out there. Um but it's also lacking a blog, whereas like Podia has a blogging feature linked up with it, I believe. I don't know about the others, but it's really just kind of, you know, creating a plan of action and figuring out what you actually need before you just throw money at something because someone tells you to or because you see everyone else using it. Which is why you'll see that I have three blog posts that are really not blog posts. <laughs> They're not really legit blogs. Um, they're more like a writing for my personal journal, which is fine, but I was told that I should have a blog as an additional sales asset and it, I enjoy writing, but when I was writing for that purpose, it sucked the joy right out of it for me. So having that vision, having that plan, I love the word plan, uh, but having that plan from the very beginning of like, what do you enjoy doing and what is going to come naturally to you? Not that you you're going to have to do things as a business owner that you don't want to do. But if you don't want to write a blog, you don't need to write a blog, right? You don't have to be on Pinterest, okay? You don't have to be on every social media platform. You don't have to have a group, right? There's There aren't any rules. You get to make them, but you have to decide what's the intention behind them. And is it eventually going to get you to your ultimate goal. So without that, if you're just chasing income every single month, you're never going to get to that time freedom. And you're never going to feel satisfied that you're successful because you never defined what success looked like for you. 
Yeah, that's so true. And I think that's such a good point. Like one of the things that I say all the time is that there's really only three things that you need to be doing as a business owner. And there are a million different ways to do the three things. And that is you need to grow your audience in some way or get visible, right? Like you need to get in front of people. And that is really lead generation. And then once you have those leads, you need to nurture them. And that comes through content and conversations. And then you need some sort of sales process to actually guide that lead from being nurtured into closed. And there are so many different ways to do that process. There's so many different ways to grow your audience, to get eyeballs on your stuff. So many different ways you can nurture, so many different social media platform options, content options, conversation options, and then so many different sales systems and processes. So it's really just a matter of figuring out what works for you. But that is the foundation of a business. Totally. Totally. Don't, there's no cookie cutter method. And if somebody's trying to share a cookie cutter method with you, run, run away in the other direction very quickly. Yeah. Fire them and hire me because <laughs> I hate cookie cutter shit. Everything or or very me customized. or you can hire me and I'll help you with all your yeah. systems. And make yeah. You like hire me or Paula. We don't like cookie cutter shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I really like that's my biggest peeve is like people who are like this is how you have to do things and it's because they don't actually know their shit about business and they're just regurgitating something they learned from like their coach or a book or whatever and slapping the coach of or the title of business coach on themselves oh oh yeah oh yeah i i actually i don't care what people's names are i do care what they what they uh what they teach right and i like to really kind of look at are they living what they are saying you could be captain mickey mouse for all i care i mean truly it doesn't matter to me what your title is (laughs) and i think a lot of that comes from the fact that i spent so long in corporate where you know title equaled power versus knowledge equaling power yeah yeah i do think that's important like research your people and make sure that they actually know what they're talking about and how to customize things if that's what you're seeking because there's a lot of cookie cutter stuff out there and i am not here for it <laughs> i like cookies but not that kind yeah oh now i want cookies <laughs> like this is my life always um okay so let's kind of circle it back around What would you say if you had to give people like a step-by-step process of how to actually set up their business as like a legitimate successful business, what would those steps be? Well, the first thing I would do is, um, is one, decide why you're doing your business in the first place. Okay. Because if you are trying to change your hobby into a business, uh, you may find that your heart's not in it. So really make sure that it's what you want to do, okay, before you ever go and and legally structure yourself. And the next thing that I would do is go get yourself filed as an LLC or a sole prop. I would do that first. Don't run to try to make yourself an escort. There are a lot of things behind it, right? There truly is this cost of scaling. And again, I'm not a legal professional, but um, I, I think going and getting your LLC, there's such power when you get that and you feel like, oh, I made it. I'm a business owner. When you get that filed and it comes back and you get your EIN number. Okay. Now you're official and then get your bank account, get your business bank account. And if you are 
making money before your LLC comes in, that's totally fine. I didn't have my LLC when I first started signing coaching clients, but I did have a separate bank account. So make sure that you have a place that is separate from your personal finances and you can transfer your funds to a business bank account. You're going to need to have your, your articles of organization when you go get that likely at your local bank branch. Um, and then sit down and write your plan, write your plan of where, where are you starting? Where do you see yourself going in the next 12 months? And then your big long-term vision, you know, do you want to make seven figures? Do you want to make, um, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or $500,000 or $50,000. And be really honest with yourself here, because you need to remember that your expenses are going to come out of that. So just because you're making your $100,000 doesn't mean that you don't pay a percentage in taxes or that you're not going to reinvest in your business in some way. So be really honest with yourself when you come up with that number and give yourself a little bit of grace. Um, and then the last thing I would do is decide what things you can eliminate, delegate, and automate. Um, because automation is going to save you time, which is going to free you up to be able to serve more clients and delegating things that you don't like doing and probably procrastinate doing in the first place is going to, again, allow you to grow your business and serve more clients and stay in your zone of genius. So those are the steps that I would, I would uh, guide my clients through when they're first starting out, just so that they feel like they're on solid footing, they know where they're going, and they really feel like a legitimate business owner. Yeah, I love that. I just have like one note to add to that, one like caveat. Yeah, of course. I think like, because I'm a sole proprietor still, and I think depending on where you're at in your life, like it's okay to be a sole proprietor. Like that's still a legitimate business. Totally. It's taxed exactly the same as an LLC. Um, so it's really up to you to decide. I knew that I was probably going to be moving, which is why I like didn't bother because it's so state specific that I was like, well, I don't want to file and then move and like have to redo it. Right. So that's just one thing. But yeah, as a sole proprietor, like say you were to get sued, that would be like your personal assets. For me, like I'm 25, I don't own a house. I don't really have a lot of personal assets. Like I'm not worried about it really as much as like, you know, someone like Paula who like has kids and has a family and is in like a different part of her life. So that is totally up to you. The benefit to being an LLC is just what is in the name, right? Limited Liability Corporation. It separates your business assets and your personal assets. So I think that's totally up to you to decide, um, you know, what is right for you. And then just know your state's laws because some states do require you to file something as a sole proprietor and then some states do not. So you can just probably Google it and figure it out because <laughs> um, yeah. neither of us are qualified to give you actual legal advice. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Um, but... Yeah, I think I just wanted to add that on because I do feel like people think like the first thing that they have to go do is like become an LLC. And for no. some people, like that doesn't necessarily matter and it could just be an unnecessary expense before they're actually making money. Totally. If you're not making money, it doesn't matter, right? It, I mean, what are you protecting yourself against? Um, but when you do start making yeah. money, that's important. 
And the other thing that I missed that I would just like to go back around to one more time that so many people don't talk about is having insurance. And honestly, it's not expensive if you are in professional services. So whether you're in yoga or um, you are, uh, you know, teach meditation or any kind of spiritual advisor or coach, professional services of any kind, it's like $249 a year. It is not expensive, but it supports you if you were to be sued, right? And it's to me, it's important. And it is something that I do highly suggest that my clients invest in because it's one annual transaction that really protects them if they need that support. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I don't think I've actually ever heard anyone talk about that. So that's cool. It's not so sexy. Yeah, it's a great point, though. But like, I don't know. I also make sure your terms and conditions are in order is also something I would add to that. I like have my terms and conditions on my website written out very nicely. <laughs> yeah, that is it's so important. So, it is important. It is. Yeah, but like also don't let this shit scare you, you guys. Don't get overwhelmed. Like it's not, you know, it's important, but you don't need to have it all figured out in order to start your business or in order to like grow your business. Um, You'll figure it out when it's time. Yeah, I didn't have it figured out at all. And that, (laughs) but that's the reason why I want to share with people. I mean, I spent hours Googling. Hours and hours trying to Google yeah. and make sure I got it Ugh. right. Yeah. That sounds awful. I mean, it really is, but Ugh. I don't know. I, I can get <laughs> lost. I like to learn. But but that is yeah. the reason why I want to support people in this so that they don't have to do that, right? So that they can figure out ways that they can just do what they love. They can show up and serve clients or sell their products without having to do all this stuff that feels like really icky and not sexy at all to them. Yeah. So do you have any favorite resources like books or I don't know what else I was just thinking about books, but like, I guess books or platforms or any particular things that you really love? Yeah, I think that every small business owner should read the book Traction. It's a really easy read. And it's all about I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's I don't even know the author. So terrible of me to not know that. But it's called Traction. And I I just it's it's not one of those very dry business books, step by step. It's easy to read and it makes sense. And it, it takes you from feeling like, okay, well, I'm never going to get there to, okay, well, these are some basic easy systems. And then when you do start to hire people as contractors or potential employees later on, you feel like you have a plan. Um, so I do recommend that book. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you have any like specific platforms that you recommend? I know for me, like ClickUp is one that I love because it does everything and it really helps me stay organized and also helps me like delegate to my team. Um, I know some people use Asana and Trello. Mm -hmm. I personally like ClickUp because it's like the best of both worlds plus more. But yeah, I think it's good for people to have. I like Asana. Yeah. (laughs) Asana. Yeah. Okay. So I hate Asana. As, okay, so Asana, I enjoy Asana, and the reason why is because I came from a project management background, right? So I can see it, and it does make sense to me. I'm used to using that kind of software, yeah. okay? 
Um, and I like that I can use it with my, I'm using it with my team. I know you can do that in other places too. Trello is a free resource. You know, you don't have to pay for that when you're doing some basic things in it. I, I usually ask, tell my clients to kind of start there. Click because free you can too. use the board and it's easy to use. Oh, is um, it? Okay. Like See, I don't use ClickUp. So it's like Asana does and Trello, or, and it also has the boards like Trello. And then it has a bunch of other things and, I mean, at some point there's like upgrades that you can add on, but like I've never needed to pay for anything. and I'm able to do everything that I need to do with the free version of ClickUp. Yeah. Now I'll tell you why I, and, and ClickUp might do this too, but the reason why I love Asana is because I can create goals and measure them. So I'm big on smart goals and, um, you know, I want to make sure that my team, the people that I are working with me and supporting me, understand what my long-term goals are. And I can, we can track them together and see whether or not we're meeting them, how close we are, what we need to do. I, I like to manage risk. Yeah. Um, even though I tend to be a hell yes person, right? Like when I see something and I know I, I use my intuition a lot, um, but I also feel like it's really important, especially as you start to hire people. Um, even if it's for 10 hours a month or five hours a, a month or, or anything like that, that everybody understands the vision um, because if they don't, they can't support you in the way that you need. So that's one of the reasons why I, I like Asana, but I do think that you just need to use something basic to plan. I don't even care if you're using it on a paper calendar. Um, I love pen and paper. So if you're going to do it that way and you want to use a planner or a desktop calendar, something like that, but you need something, you have to have a plan written down somewhere. Uh, but Trello is a great place to start, I think. And then you said ClickUp is is similar. I, I don't have an account for ClickUp. ClickUp so. is like if Asana um, and Trello had a baby and then the baby took steroids. Mm. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it does. I feel like I should not look at it then because I might get way too. You giddy. probably would. I, mean, I feel like you really excited. It. Yeah, I love ClickUp. Yeah, it's like kind of a learning curve to figure out like how you want to use it and how your brain works best with it because there's so many things and I think it can be like really overwhelming. Like there's probably a lot more that I could do with it, but I just like stick with yeah. what I need it for. Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. And, and this is why I probably won't go look at it because um, I don't need to go there right now. I mean, eventually, maybe I would consider moving somewhere else. But, but this is where I, I want people to understand that there are so many options out there. And there are new options and apps and platforms coming up all the time. You just need to find something that works with you and just stick with it. And just because somebody else says it's the next best thing or it works for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You can explore those options later on, but just, you know, don't waste your time doing things that aren't going to produce you income. Yeah. Like just plan the shit out, write it down on the back of a napkin. If you have to just have a plan. Um, and I think the other thing, I mean, honestly, there's nothing that beats a good old Google sheet right? Or an Excel spreadsheet. So, you know, if you you know, track your stuff that way, you know, start to track your expenses that way, track what your income is um, on those spreadsheets. And if you don't have someone who can do that for you and you aren't willing to hire a VA, go hire somebody on Fiverr to create you something really quickly for not a lot of money. 
So you have options to get this stuff done without having to do it yourself. You just need to be resourceful and a little creative. Yep. I like to say that resourcefulness is the number one trait of a successful entrepreneur. Totally. I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah. I really think it is. Like as long as you're resourceful, like there's always a solution to everything. It's how I got here. I'm sure this is how you got here, right? I mean, you know, from from where you came from until where you are now and me thinking after 20 years in corporate America that I was going to be stuck there, right? I was going to be stuck there for the rest of my life. And now I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I look back and think, oh, did that really happen? Did I really used to do that? Um, so yeah, you do just find it. There's always a way. Yeah. Google it. Totally. <laughs> so do you have any last words of wisdom for the people listening to the podcast? You know, I would, my, my last words of wisdom are be big and bold when it comes to where you want to be. Right. But make sure that all your goals aren't financial. You know, there are, you you need to know where you're going and why you want to get there. So if you want to make an impact in people's lives, then really focus on that and use that to drive your success and set your systems up that way. But don't just chase the money because eventually you're going to, the chase will never end. It will never, ever end. Um, So always put it through yourself. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never arrive. You yeah. will never arrive. No, you won't. Like, you think you're going to feel amazing when you hit that first 10K month. And, like, maybe you feel good for, like, an hour. And then you think you're going to feel amazing when you hit six figures. And, like, yeah. If your goals are monetary, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Mm-hmm. If that's how you define your success. Totally. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. So, I hang out on Facebook a lot in my I am becoming community. So you can find me on Facebook. You can just search be fearless with Paula. I'm there on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and and um, LinkedIn. So search be fearless with Paula everywhere. That's also my website. So we're just all around just being fearless with Paula. Is that like the URL for your group yeah. too? If people it, want to join your it group. Is. Okay, cool. Everywhere. Awesome. All about consistency in our awesome. brand, Juliana. Yes. Perfect. Okay. I will be sure to link that in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This has been so fun. Thanks so much for listening to Lessons from a Lioness. If you loved what you heard today, leave me a review on iTunes. When you leave a review, take a screenshot of the review and tag me on Instagram at Juliana Frisoli. You can also take a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode and share it out and I will share it and give you a shout out. When you do that, you'll be entered to win a one-on-one strategy call with yours truly. I pick one winner each month from the people who reviewed my podcast, and I give them a free strategy call with me. You can also find me in my Facebook group, The Lioness Den, for badass women entrepreneurs. Hope to see you there.